Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rice and Mike's podcast. I'm your host, Tung Nguyen, and today I'm joined by another repeat guest. His name's Matthew. Matthew, how are you going? Hello, I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me again. Today we're going to cover a bit more of a serious topic. It's death. Death. No, not death. That, that can be a topic, like the ritual, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah, but... Yeah. Not now, but not that's now, not the now. topic. That's, that's the serious for me now. <laughs> yeah. The topic for today is the bamboo ceiling. Now, what do you think that means? So, you know, when you asked me earlier, like what, you know, let's talk about bamboo ceiling. I literally had no idea. I literally thought it was about um, the bamboo ceiling. And, you know, I asked you, is it about, do people have bamboos in their ceilings? That's something <laughs> I didn't know. The literal definition. And then you sent me the definition of what it was. And, you know, it's something that I think is quite interesting, a very big topic to talk about. Um, you know, it gets really deeper into what it's like being Asian and, you know, all the issues that we face being Asian. So, you know, I'll leave it to you to explain what that is, <laughs> but it is a very interesting topic. It is. So, it is really serious. I did not know about this before until I listened to a few other Asian Australian podcasts. And there were some other Asian American podcasts that covered the topic as well. And it's something that I never really thought about until they brought it up. Like, there, there are a lot of factors that affect us in the workplace to put it simply, the bamboo ceiling, it's a bunch of factors that impede the rise of Asians to upper levels of the professional world. Now, what can that be? Part of it is how we're perceived by other people in the workplace. Now, I don't know if you've experienced this, but this is what I've come across personally. People kind of expect me to be the submissive Asian, just kind of follows everything. And I think it was kind of prominent to me or kind of clicked when I was still kind of new to this workplace, not going to name what it was, but some of the people there that I didn't really know that well were making like Asian jokes at me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't really know you that well, but I was just laughing off, which... At the time, I just thought, okay, whatever, I'm just going to deal with it. But knowing now, I, it's better to stand up and just be like, you know, that's, that's not funny or something like that. Um, so, I don't, I don't know if you've experienced anything like that in particular. I think what you just said is, is another issue in its own, which is just stereotypes, right? So, um, what my understanding of the bamboo ceiling is, it's more the corporate and being a leader, being the boss, like why we're not... Um, why the, there's less rep representation of Asians being um, in top corporate roles, you know, CEOs, um, high manager roles, right? So those roles itself, in itself is a fine few. There's not many positions. I mean, yeah, there's not many positions available. And once you're up there, you're pretty much there until you retire, you know, un unless something goes bad. So it is fine few in between, especially, um, you know, if we're talking really big companies, you know, on the ASX or whatever it is. But what you're saying about the stereotypes, it's it's true too. Like we'll just you know sidetrack a bit, but it's just yeah, it's just Asian stereotypes. So if there's a maths question, you know everyone will turn their head and look at me. He's like, oh, the Asian guy must know maths. Oh, or yeah. if um if I'm working on board and I'm just you know folding some origami because I'm bored, right? They're like, oh, of course the Asian guy knows that. Or you know it's just it's stereotype. It's a bit of banter. You know it depends how you take it. But they also do expect, yeah, they, they probably are surprised if you do speak up more, start complaining to the manager about things because Asians are generally more, I guess, more submissive, more quiet, more respectful of, you know, of conflict, right? We avoid that. Um, that's just how sort of who we are. We don't really boast. We don't, yeah, we don't do any of that. So that's just a stereotype. 
but the bamboo ceiling itself, the um, I guess, is problematic in a way where we don't have enough representation up there, and then there's a lot of reasons why that that's the case too, right? So that's the stuff we're going to talk about today. Hmm. Yeah. So let's go through the statistics a little. So Asian Australians actually make up 12% of the population, but we only hold 3% of senior leadership positions in public institutions and ASX 200 companies. That was pretty mind-blowing, like finding out that we made up such a small number of higher roles in companies. Uh, we're going to cover a an article which is on the ABC. I'll link that in the show notes in the description. So this covers a story about a, an Australian woman or Asian Australian woman, Tuan Nguyen, who climbed the corporate ladder in the legal industry. And she does describe that breaking through the ceiling wasn't easy. And it does mention that uh, in a recent study that in the workplace, stereotypes and racism play a significant role in limiting professional growth. So she found herself trying to make her Australian accent more pronounced in a way to fit in, which is pretty interesting. I have found myself doing that sometimes as well, like a few years back. Yeah, but how do you make your accent more Aussie when, you know, you sound Aussie? You know, you can't be more Aussie unless you really, really try to sound bogan, which not, will not just bogan. really look out of character, you know what I mean? Because we sound as Australian as it gets. So I don't think, you know, if anyone from another country hears us, they'll be like, okay, these guys are definitely from Australia if they know accents. But how yeah. would you speak? Can you give us an example? <laughs> Maybe it's not just speaking, but if I'm near someone that I don't know, then I would sort of go out of my way to make sure that they know that I'm not like a refugee, I guess. Uh, like where, where, like, yeah, when, like you, from... you, when you speak your sentences, it's not going to be, you know, like you're speaking proper sentences, right? Yeah. You're not, um, you know, your grammar is correct. It's not like... You're not skipping words. You know, when people who are still learning English, they would maybe skip a word or two or the, the sentence structure would be wrong. Mm. You, you're trying really hard to sound like you know how to speak English, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is pretty much how I would say... I don't know if you've ever done anything like that. I don't. When I was living in Hong Kong, I actually tried to sound more dumb like, and make my English a lot more worse than it is just because I felt like they didn't understand English. So there's no point in me really speaking in like big words. So, you know, if I was to ask for something in English, like where is, where is my food? I would just like, where's my food? <laughs> or like very, very simple, you know, <laughs> nothing. Um, Excuse me, sir. Like, I ordered this today, I ordered that today, I um, ordered this just now, it's been 15 minutes, I was just like, where's my food? Or it's just, <laughs> um, I'll just speak a lot more simpler, but I get what you mean, trying to, you know, sound, I guess, smarter. I would only do that in like a professional setting, not just, not to prove that I'm an Australian, it's more just to prove that, you know, trying to be professional, I guess. Yeah. Now, I do want to also cover this more in detail later, but I feel like your name can also play a big role in your perception yeah, so your your name could definitely, I think, um, you know, hold you back as well uh, from someone who probably claims they're not racist, but they are racist. You know, they see your name on the, on your file on the resume, they might already assume something about you. Okay, this person, you know, if they're already a racist, like, and they just already don't like Asians, they they might just pass your resume off. You know, okay, next. But if they, you know, are trying to be civil they still probably already have an assumption like if your name is Tung Nguyen, right? Okay, this guy is, you know, definitely not white. So 
it might just be company needs. So are they looking for a white person? Are they trying to actually hire an Asian? So this could actually work in your favor too, because some com- companies might ha- have a quota to meet on trying to be more multicultural. Oh God! So they will hire you. They'll hire you, you know, or they might hire like an international or anything like that because it's um, part of the quota to meet, or they they're trying to change their culture of the work. So it could be. Um, yeah, it could work in your favor. But in terms of getting to a higher position, I guess your name does play a role and could, you know, hold you back a little bit. Mm. Yeah. I do have middle names as well, which does make it even worse, I guess. Yeah. Do you put do you put your full whole full name usually on resumes or anything of that sort, anything professional? I only have my first and last name. Yeah. I would add the middle names like once I fill out contracts and stuff. Yeah. But I don't see the need to put it on there. Yeah, I think it would confuse a lot of old white people out there. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> who aren't I mean, really I familiar. fooled Michelle. Well, how? Because we went to the same school and then, you know, in school photos, you mm. have the full names on there. Yeah. So, because she saw my full name and then when I first started seeing her, she thought I was an import the whole time. Oh. So, I was like... <laughs> At least, like, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> She was, she, was very well, accept, she was very accepting of you. I guess I guess she was. It's like, important or not, like, yeah, I like oh, this guy. I guess he, guess he came here at an early age or something. Yeah. I was like, no, I was born here. I just had a full name. Yeah. But yeah, I think a lot of people just assume that, yeah, when they see my full name, they, they think I'm, I'm born overseas. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, some people even tell me to change a name or use an English name. Yeah. But I feel like I don't want to sort of cut my ties away from that part of my culture, which is having an Asian name. Yeah, your brother actually changed his name, right? Yeah. To an English name too. So uh, I don't know if it was official or not. I never asked him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I know he does go by an English name. So yeah, I, I don't know if that's something I'd want to do in the future. Yeah. And like, yeah, same with my girlfriend as well then. Um, she has a Chinese name, but then she goes by an unofficial English name. But everyone knows her by the English name. So... You know, there are benefits, I guess, on that. There are more job opportunities. It's, I guess, it saves the headache of a bit of the racism, or it maybe gives saves the headache of the person looking at your resume because they'll be looking at your name. You know, Tung Tan Ba Nguyen, right? Hey, don't don't out me like that. <laughs> and then at least I know your middle name. I'm true friend. Yeah. Um. You know, they might look at that and be like, which is the order? Is it Tan Tung Tan Ba Tung Nguyen, or yeah. it could be you know, it could be if I'm thinking about other mates, right? If his first name, what's his actual first name or what's his middle name, you know, and same my girlfriend as well, her Chinese name could be, it's actually in different, it's in different orders. So it's a bit confusing, you know, in Chinese, you say the surname first. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, yeah, it's all of that. And that could be, um, you know, I could add to the confusion of uh, someone. So having an English name is probably simpler. But then, like you're saying, you don't want to cut off your roots, right? And ties from what your parents gave you and plus mm. to show where you're from. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of casual racism. Mm. It happens a lot. In my one of my jobs, I'm not going to say which one again, when they see my name, they're like, oh, Tung, is that Oriental? <laughs> <laughs> oriental, that's the way to put it. I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Where are you from? And I feel like, oh, that's such a question that comes up every time. Yeah. Where are you from? And it's like, I'm from Australia. I'm like, oh, where are you really from? You know, where are your parents from? It's like, oh, from Vietnam. I'm like, oh, okay. I feel like if someone asks you that, you have every right to educate them 
all right, so I'm from Australia. I'm from, actually, I'm from Kamamata. Is that what you're asking me? You know, like, mm-hmm. I'm from Kamamata. But if they be like, okay, where are you really from? You know, I'm from Australia. You know, educate them. And then, oh, but my ethnicity, you know, like I am Vietnamese, my ethnicity, right? And my parents are from Vietnam. I feel like you have every right to educate them in that, unless it's obviously, obviously very casual. But I would educate them. In, in, if I was in your position, I would just like, told them and they ask me where I'm from but I always say Kamamata first like yeah. Australia Kamamata so yeah. yeah you know and then <laughs> if I say Kamamata they, they could probably have a good guess like okay this guy must be Vietnamese or Chinese <laughs> anyway like, like, and then they'll they'll stop asking from there yeah yeah and then if they really want to know they'll ask you you know what Asian are you I got asked that earlier today actually what Asian are you and I'm like um it's like they're not wording it right yeah I'm like Indo-Chinese Viet <laughs> and then they're like oh okay and then that's it. Like they don't, they don't know too. You know, when people ask you, sometimes they don't even know where the actual country is. You know, if I say Indo-Chinese, they don't know what that is. Or mm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, I have another article here talking about another reason why sort of Asians, not Asians, but just in general, how hard it is to crack into a top executive position, like a CEO position. Mm. So there's a saying it's called the old boys club, and it's very true because uh, the old boy, old boys club. For, it says here an article for one which excludes all those who don't fit in their criteria which is the right schools the universities the right clubs who you know um, and it's not very diverse club because the old boys club is generally just white males and it's about and those people are very it's just like it's just a type of person so here the article says right schools right universities and that already you know makes sense that you it might be like a private school boy from like the North Shore or something like that. But it is also very like an old club. So uh, I have a friend who's a headhunter. Wait, what, what's the old boys club? So here the article is saying the old boys club is just sort of a saying that only those boys will be top executives. Like oh, CEOs. okay. I thought it was an actual thing. Like an actual oh, no. Club. But as a headhunter, um, my mate who's a headhunter, he told me that he only headhunts like maybe hundred people so there's a hundred people that fits that criteria only they don't actually look at anybody else they don't look at promoting people to ceo positions so he headhunts ceos but for example if he's looking to for a ceo of channel nine he would go to approach the channel seven ceo and then offer them something more and then drag them over or if you know if you're looking for the ceo of um like ceo of the nrl you'd go to the afl ceo offer them something better and then take them over so the club sort of circulates between, you know, like, does that make sense? It's like a rotation of yeah. certain people. Yeah, so it's only this, only those people get offered those CEO, CEO roles. They'll get headhunted and they'll move and they'll move. And then once in a while, then you get a new one, new player into the game. Mm. But then you just sort of just get headhunted in between that. Ah. Yeah, so it's very hard itself to be a CEO of a big company. But, you know, there's still, you know, in a big company, there are lots of positions under that. And, you know, it's still lots of executive positions, right? 10, 20 positions. That's where, you know, I guess where we can try squeeze in there. And like another thing is, I guess like networking, right? As Asians, since we've, we don't, uh, would you say we have a lot of networks? I feel like I don't have a lot of networks. I'm not very active on LinkedIn, is that, if that's what you mean. <laughs> yeah. I, also, just another example is I studied a sports management degree, right? My cohort I was with from beginning to end was probably about 40 people. I was the only Asian. So I, I, I kind of expected that. Like, even though it was at Western Sydney Uni, right, where you expect a, a bit more multiculturalism, mm. I was the only um, Asian. It was majority, 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 majority white. Uh, it was 
majorly? I think I tried to say um, majority and majorly at the same time, but it was the majority was white people. Okay. Yeah. yeah, out of forty people, I was only Asian. I wasn't too surprised just because it was a sports management degree, so Asians don't get into sports that often. Mm. But one thing that set me back really hard when I graduated was that I would say ten to twenty people out of out of that forty, so nearly half, had connections already. Their dads, their uncles. The dad's friends all were in positions in high sporting organizations, which all got them jobs. So that's the difference. Like I had oh, nobody connections. I could make my own connections, I guess, throughout uni, throughout my internships and all that. But they already had those connections set. Just being, I guess, their fathers and their father's father being in Australia since the back in the days, yeah, and then yeah. they founded the Sharks, for example, or the Roosters, the Panthers, or you know whatever organization that, you know they're working from that's part of the old boys club too so it's like they look after each other so Uh, it's like you if you're yeah some old guy is the ceo he's going to probably get someone he knows in Mm. instead of some random asian guy so that's sort of the disadvantage does that make sense yeah 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 that's definitely prominent yeah that's so that's why i just left (laughs) and we went to hong kong but you know that's that's one thing that genuinely actually stopped me from like kind of scared me from looking for jobs once I graduated because I knew competing against my other uni mates, there was like no chance, like not no chance, but very little chance. Mm. Yeah. We couldn't find a statistic on how many Asians study law. Yeah. In correlation, we found that Asian Australians account for only 3.1% of partners in law firms, 1.6% of barristers and 0.8% of the judiciary. What? Yeah, that's like quite... don't a lot of Asians study law. Yeah, you think so, right? <laughs> all the parents are telling all the kids to study law. It's either medicine, law, or something in business. Yeah, so business is quite big. If we're skipping, obviously the med- medicine and engineering part of it, law and business is still quite big. You know, there's a lot of Asians in there, but that's why it's such a big surprise that the stats, which is quite recent too, is saying that there aren't many. Yeah, maybe. It's only sort of been recent, the past 15, 20 years that there's been a big push to get into business as Asians. And, you know, you, it's going to take more than 20 years to be a CEO. That's why CEOs are 60 years old, 70 years old, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's why the president, like Biden and Trump are 79 and 74. Like, <laughs> they're that old. So, and that's like the old boys club. <laughs> but, you know, that's that old to to become high. So, I guess... Asians are very like struggling to sort of I mean they're sort of taking their time so we'll see what like we'll read the rewards maybe in a few in a few years hopefully if things change you know Mm. yeah do you get happy when you see an Asian sort of be successful in the media or anything like that oh 100% yeah I remember the first time I saw an Asian on TV that I remember yeah who was that sticks out it was Ando and I loved his bits on Thank God You're Here. Yeah. If you remember that show. Yeah. Oh, so good. I, I, I went to two of his comedy shows oh, live. And they were both the same. Like, they were both the exact same. Same like, jokes. Same jokes. Same, same. Like, he just scripted everything. But I went to two of it like, within the span of, I think, a year. And, like, I enjoyed it. I love him, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. having that representation in media was insane to me. And that followed through when we saw anything on TV. It was like, oh, there's an Asian on the game show. Oh, let's let's root for him. Yeah, yeah. You never seen anything, anything like that. And that also happened in The Amazing Race. I think the US one. Mm. Kev Jumba, that YouTuber. He was on Amazing Race. Yeah, oh, with his okay. dad. Yeah. And he was, oh, that's an old YouTuber. I don't think he's even... He, he doesn't do he doesn't YouTube do now. Yeah, he doesn't. 
Yeah, but that was like, oh, yeah, we got to root for him. But yeah, I didn't think he won. Yeah. It's probably like fourth or fifth or something. It's crazy that that's like, that's still true to today. Like you still, when you see an Asian on TV, you still sort of you know, get happy, right? Like you sh- I feel like it shouldn't be the case, but it is the case. You know, I, I get really happy when I see Asians on TV too, you know, just like crazy rich Asians. I think that was a oh, that was massive step, step forward. Yeah, massive step forward for Asians. Um, I started following them all on Instagram just to, you know, like I just want to support them in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, even with just like athletes as well, you don't see many Asian athletes sort of make it into like the big league, like even the NRL, like the sort of yeah. more local to Australia. There's not many Asians actually. I don't there, think there have been any. Yeah, Asian there's players. one Asian, half Asian, which is uh, Sean Johnson. He's half Thai, but he's a New Zealander, so New Zealand Thai. But other than that, there's no actual Asians. You won't see someone the name of Tung Nguyen not for, playing for a team. Asian. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's another Asian there's a Korean guy in the English Premier League for that, uh, that soccer and all the Asians root for him just because he's literally the only Asian there <laughs> <laughs> he's literally the only Asian there so we all root for him so yeah and um, even closer to home someone like like Dai Lee do you know Dai Lee? oh the, the politician yeah, yeah. Like, I, I swear to God I don't know what party she was supporting but because Dai Lee was represent like just an Asian representing the area, I swear, all our parents probably voted for her, <laughs> knowing not knowing what what policies she was uh, saying, what, what she, she support. Yeah, I, I don't know what she was like. Some, probably someone listening here will probably know, but I didn't know what she was saying. But I, and we were too young, I think, to vote at that point. But mm. I'm sure all our parents just voted just because okay, there was a bit of Asian representation. Surely she's going to look after the community. Yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, she's Asian. She but we don't know what policies she actually what oh, policies she's yeah. supporting, but. It's like Daily, okay, perfect. You know, send it through. We'll, we'll um, vote for her. How about so, Andrew Yang in the US? And that's exactly yeah, exactly right too. Andrew Yang, I guess, had a big following as well, just because the Asian community knew. And I think his policies, I think, made more sense. But we don't want to dive deep into politics now. But it did probably favor Asi- Asian Americans a bit as well. So, and and I think just the fact that he's Asian is a big deal. And the Asians yeah, sort of just they just sort of trust him because the the characters of Asians. Uh, how we're raised and you know the culture is that we're going to be hardworking and i guess trustworthy um respectful and you know who wouldn't want that as your leader in a way mm. right whereas the culture for a ceo australian um now which is why it's you know the bamboo ceiling is because the australian culture is that we're really outgoing energetic in your face you know like cocky is that what you think as well or do you think that like CEOs or like top managers are top executives are cocky and really I feel like in they your just face? Know a lot of people can talk a lot. Yeah, there there are actually some common interests here that uh you know that someone has battled with um, in regards to the bamboo ceiling. So like let's say in your workplace, there's one with common interests, and you know comparing. Uh, I I don't know if it was you, but there was someone that told me that. They had to like get into footy. I don't know. But they had to get into footy mm. to sort of relate to the uh, water cooler conversation that oh, was happening. Oh, right, right. Because like, yeah, the uh, well, I mean, there are some people that do follow football. Mm. But then, yeah, I, I think that does affect uh, the way that you can uh, talk to some people at work and what you do after work as well. Yeah. So like they might want to go to a bar and I don't know, watch like some game that's on. But you might want to get a like I don't know, hot pot or Korean barbecue yeah. instead, and yeah, they, it, it's just sort of different cultures that can separate um, your relationships with your coworkers if you if you want to do something outside of work. And yeah, yeah like 
if you're going to be outnumbered as well, then you wouldn't really want to speak up and be like, you know, let's go to karaoke and get some green tea. And, and they'll be like, yeah, what's that? Like, oh, we're not into that. Or let's go get uh, well, the, chicken the feet. Not, you know, let's go get yum cha. Yeah, let's get yum cha chicken feet. You know, they'll be like, what's that? Like, I don't, I don't eat no chicken feet, you know. Raw so, fish? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Sashimi? Ooh. <laughs> uh, I don't want salmonella. <laughs> Come on. So, it, it's definitely a, a big, big problem. But look, I guess it, it does vary between cases. I mean, you might have co-workers that are quite accepting of your culture. This is more of a general sense that I mean here. Another thing is also challenging authority. So, I did notice that in other workplaces that I was in, like if a manager said something, I just go, all right, I'll just do it. I won't say anything about it because that's just how you're raised. You don't question what your parents say to you. You just do it. Otherwise, you know, instead of the bamboo ceiling, you get the bamboo stick. (laughs) And that like transition to my working habits and also just sort of my personality as well later on. I feel like Like, you're waiting to say that line for a while now. (laughs) Translate from bamboo ceiling to bamboo stick. I was, that was... Were you uh, waiting to say that? I was up my ante, yeah. Oh, you put it off. That was good. (laughs) That that was smooth. That was a nice one. That was smooth. Okay. Another one is getting approval of higher-ups. I think that's also a thing with Asians. I don't know if you've felt that as well. Like you've needed approval from someone higher-up. Like it's sort of a good feeling to you. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's sort of like how Asians are raised, right? Is it like, or are you talking about in a workplace? In general, and then it translates in into the workplace. workplace. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a, it's a very human need. You know, human need is that you want to be accepted and sort of loved. And you know, you sort of lack that as a kid, which Asians kind of do because you know how strict our parents are. We sort of lack that show of love or extra attention that we probably maybe needed, <laughs> or maybe I'm talking about a deeper thing that no one can relate to i don't know but it does it does translate you know seeking approval trying to have the boss see that you're a good employee is you know we always try to do that and there's another saying that goes by the loudest duck gets shot what does that even mean i feel like that's not necessarily true though maybe as an asians yes like as asians yes because in an Asian setting, if you're the la- like loudest person there or just the one that brags and talks the most, people would probably look at you. But in just like the Western Australian sort of culture, the people who can talk the best, who could spit the most bullshit out of their mouth, will probably get that manager role. You know, like if we, if me and you are both going, me, you, and maybe another white person going for the same interview for a promotion to be a, like an executive of, let's say we're looking after the, um, I don't know, HR department, you know, for that position. If that one person can bullshit a lot better than us and brag about himself a lot better, he will get it, you know. And I think we're not raised to speak so highly of ourselves as much as he is maybe used to. Do you, do you and, agree? And the difference yeah. can be is that they're more outspoken. Hmm. Like if they go around, they talk more to, to more management and the management will kind of be like, okay, we're seeing this guy around yeah, the office. Yeah, he has a good reputation. People know about him because yeah. he just because he just the whole fact that he goes around speaking about himself, you know, or make building relationships with people. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, whereas Asians, we're kind of just like, we put our head down and we just get the work done. Yeah. We really we'll speak when necessary. Or yeah. We'll, yeah. Cause you yeah. don't want to lose face. That's, that's kind of where it ties back to. Yeah. Um, so that's why, why some people found it difficult to put their opinions in a large, uh, like meeting, for example. 
Yeah. And that kind of falls under, I think, groupthink. Mm. That's uh, something I learned. Where, like, if someone asks a question and everyone sort of agrees, but you don't sort of agree, mm. but you kind of just go with the group yeah. anyway, it kind of, like, changes your opinion, sort of, because everyone else is saying something else. And, yeah, you don't want to go against the grain in yeah. that sense. I feel like these days, Asians or just the people maybe uh, we know or maybe just the way sort of the world is progressing, it is getting better for us Asians. Um, I don't know what I ever thought. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We'll just move on to the next bit. Okay. So, following along with another article. So, I'm just going to read this paragraph off this uh, website. Hopefully, we're not covered by Turn It In. Okay. I remember uh-huh. early on... <laughs> I remember early on in my career when it was bonus season, I had discovered my bonus was a lot lower than some of my peers. This irked me as I didn't believe I had any noticeable difference in my performance versus my peers. I did not receive a satisfactory explanation from my manager. The only explanation I could think of was that I did not take the time to articulate my achievements and contributions. From then on, I knew I had to do something different. I made sure I clarified my objectives and how I performed against them. Next, I took on work that no one else in the company wanted to do, such as leading the media practice. My colleagues were burnt out from working in the industry. If I succeeded, then I knew I would build my profile and showcase my abilities. Okay. So, it's more putting yourself out there rather than just getting the work done. Is it just me? After hearing that, does it make you a little bit uncomfortable? How so? It makes me, like, just hearing that, it's like, oh, fuck, like, I have to put myself out there. <laughs> Which, yeah. like, already gives me a bit of, like, I'm just a bit uncomfortable with that. But... It's, it is a real, reality, right, where you have to put yourself out there and really talk about your achievements, like, no tomorrow, you know. Make it known that what you're doing is good for the company or whatever so you can get that bonus or at least the same as your peers. But that makes me uncomfortable already, just like, oh, like, you really have, like, just the fact that you have to put yourself out there and talk about your achievements, which isn't, like, what we're used to, I think. it's mm. That's make sort of bragging about it right like that that makes yeah, kind of uncomfortable yeah but if you know if anyone's listening to um that is in that position right now feeling very i guess quiet and submissive in their workplace you know this might be the inspiration you need to sort of be more assertive yeah be more assertive and it probably is out of character too um from like you know out of character just because of you know how you you are as a person or how you're raised but put yourself out there because that's what's needed today and and that's a sad fact. You have to really put yourself, uh, be uncomfortable and put yourself out there or else you, you'll never be recognized as, as hardworking as you are, you know. And everyone knows that Asians have the brains, especially if you're going to if you're in that position anyway. You know, we probably did well academically and the trouble is obviously showing that we're confident in our ability, which we are. It's just that we don't show it. We don't brag about it as much as other people. And that's, that's just so, solely because of culture, I think. Yeah, so just... Also, touching on that, if people are listening and, you know, don't know where they want to go, I'm reading an article here on Forbes. I don't know how, tr- like, trustworthy it is, but there's some advice on what Asians actually should do um, in this situation. So, the first one is know your achievements. So, it says here that Asian parents uh, teach their kids to be humble and not brag. This doesn't work in the corporate world. Uh, results truly matter for senior leadership roles, and you will not get promoted or hired based on just years of experience or your relationship. So, um, it says here, ask yourself, do people know about my achievements? So this was based off pretty much similar to what you were saying just now. So it's pretty much telling you to just to brag, you know, learn the subtle art of blowing your own trumpet. 
And <laughs> what a saying. Yeah. And having your manager speak about your achievements during leadership meetings is one way to gain credibility. So another one is also networking. And that's what separates sort of us from, I guess, the white folks who already have connections from the dad's dad or the dad's friend who they go golfing with on the weekend. Like mm. it's just, it's an unfair disadvantage since our, our parents are immigrants and we're starting from scratch. And the people that we know and we meet are other Asians who are all in the same boat as us. So we're not meeting people in, in that caliber of um, CEOs yet. So we need to actually you know, get to that stage and one way is to network. Obviously, that's up to you and the company you work for and who you are as a person. I can't really say much more about that. Another thing that they said on the Forbes article was develop your personal brand. Uh, your personal brand needs to be carefully created to foster credibility and authority. Um, so you have to nurture your personal brand so it projects the authentic image of you. So you know, take that and interpret it yourself and you know what that means to you. But um, the brand is important. It depends. You know, do you want to sound Aussie? Do you want to look Aussie? Do you want to be able to talk about football with you know your colleagues or? Do you want to be true to yourself and, you know, be Asian as well? Like, it's up to you, I think. So, yeah, what do you think about that? Do you think you need to be very Aussie and just... Or can you still hold some sort of Vietnamese and, like, Asian style? Yeah, so, yeah, like, hold something that's true to yourself. Yeah, it's, it's dependent on each person. Yeah. But let's compare the connections that they have. Like All what? Right? Let's say someone who's full Australian lives here have a lot of connections to get into like a big CEO role after they graduate okay. like what you mentioned before yeah what can you get in comparison like your mum's friend I can probably get like discounted flowers or something <laughs> or maybe I can get a lift to cover station when it's, <laughs> when it's raining yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe my pork roll will be $4 instead of four fifty. Oh, extra yeah. pork, yeah. Yeah, maybe extra pork, extra pate on the on the. You reckon that's a good trade-off? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Why would you need to be a CEO or get a graduate role right after you finish uni over, like, you know, free rides to the station? Yeah, or, or for yeah. free bubble tea. Or cooking, yeah, they always send cooking over. Yeah. You know, leftovers, that's good. Yeah, or being forced to send your money over to overseas to your relatives. <laughs> so Ooh. you actually lose money that way. <laughs> I mean, what better than to give back to the community? Family first, right? <laughs> Family first. Okay. So yeah, it is a. It sounds like it is a bit of an unfair advantage where my work, my sorry, my uni mates knew football players already, and in the field I worked in, um, studied in, the goal was to have football players work under you. You know, be a player agent, for example, and people already had players under them just because they knew people whereas I didn't know a single uh, like rugby player for example so that was a big disadvantage and I think that's a disadvantage not just in my sporting field but in every single field right mm. yeah for sure this is quite a broad topic so I will want to revisit this in the future maybe not too soon but yeah we'll be definitely down the track we only touched upon you know really the surface of things this does dwell quite deep in our culture. I would recommend to check out the articles that I link in the description and also to, you know, maybe do a bit of your own research as well. I think Just that, yeah, people. I think with more people aware of this situation being, especially if you are in the corporate field, you know, help us, help the community, like help the culture change. Like, 
you know, there's 3% of people in corporate field like be the change. <laughs> And add more, there. yeah. So, like, if you become the CEO, just start hiring Asians. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's discriminatory. Raise the number up, you know. But no, it's like at least you're aware of it and you're aware of how things can be changed, you know. So it, it's up to you. It's up to obviously the organization as well. So you know, at least being aware of it is the first step forward. You know, being accepting that it's happening. You know, not denying that it's not there. It's there. Mm. Casual racism as well as the bamboo ceiling, right? I and mean, yeah, I kind of trailed off on that one. But that'll also be visited later on as well in a different episode. And also, there's another example, which is glass ceiling. There's another one. Have you heard of glass ceiling? I don't think I've seen it. Oh. oh. <laughs> now, glass ceiling exactly is similar to bamboo ceiling, except it's about women being not in power position. Oh, okay. Just position of power, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's obviously, um, you know when you do have guests who really truly feel hard done by that. So any female guests who feel hard done by females not being in a power position it's a it's a very big issue itself too probably bigger than the asian issue maybe just because it's you know 2020 mm-hmm. already you you think that more females as well as more asians and that's why the example of the vietnamese girl she's vietnamese as well as a girl being mm-hmm. in a power position that's pretty cool yeah yeah definitely inspiring okay well you know where to reach us rice and mike's podcast at gmail.com our instagram is rice and mike's podcast that's where you can get all the latest information, pictures, previews, stuff like that. Very cool stuff. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.